Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. Uh, it's great to see everyone this morning, uh, especially our guests. We're, we're so glad you came to worship with us this morning. There's a few announcements I want to start the service off uh, with, and I'm sure Daniel will uh, allude to certainly one of these later. Uh, right after church, immediately following the service, we're having a meal. Uh, that's for if you're brand new to Broadway, if this is your first time visiting, or maybe you recently joined, um, this meal is for you, for you to find out and, and discover uh, what our church is about, learn about the ministries, and uh, I think Daniel, you know, we're committed to keeping that, that one hour, I think, time limit on that, so uh, we won't, we're not here to keep you all afternoon, get a great meal uh, for you and your family, and we'd love to see you down there uh, immediately following the service. And uh, this next announcement uh, is for Awana. Awana is busting at the seams. Uh, a lot of good things are happening with that. And so they need some listening leaders are, are needed for Awana. So uh, if you want to plug in and serve uh, with Awana, uh, they need your help. Uh, so see Adrian or Trish uh, in, in regards to that. If you want to help out with Awana, it's certainly needed. There are kids everywhere, which, which is fantastic. So I uh, would love for you to plug in and serve in that way. Uh, and uh, also, if you are a guest or if you just need a prayer, a prayer concern or there's a way you want to serve, uh, in the bulletin, tear off that tab, fill it out, drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Um, I'm sure as many, I, I, I usually don't mention these things because uh, I'm like very, you know, our purpose is church, but hey, Kentucky's playing pretty good. So I, I know a lot of happy people here uh, about that. So uh, my son, I said, he only knows a world of undefeated Kentucky football, so uh, how about that? <laughs> um, but if you would, please stand as we read God's word and worship him today. Psalm 50, or Psalm 150. <clears throat> praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Zach. We're going to sing a great hymn of praise this morning. Crown him with many crowns. Let's sing together.
join me as we go to our Savior in prayer. Holy Father, we bow before you this morning, coming rejoicing and praising you for the blessings that you continuously pour upon us. Father, you seem to open the windows of heaven and pour out your blessings upon us. And we come with thanksgiving and rejoicing this day. Father, we thank you for this church family. Thank you for each individual and what they bring into this fellowship, the contribution that they make in leadership and sharing and encouraging others. We give you praise for each one of them. Father, were there those again this day with special needs, the times of bereavement and sorrow? There are those, our Father, that are facing surgery this week. Uh, we want to lift them unto you in a very special way, asking, Lord, that your hand would guide in that. There are those that are facing decisions that certainly need your divine guidance and direction in. We pray, Lord, that your spirit might have freedom to work in our midst today, drawing us closer and closer unto you. Thank you for the Sunday school hour and our teachers and leaders that so faithfully share your word with us. We pray for our pastor as he proclaims your word. May he be anointed of your spirit and may the Holy Spirit have freedom to work in our midst this morning. Father, we would pray for those that are hanging in the balance, that have not come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, we pray today that they will sense your spirit convicting and tugging at their hearts, and they'd come to know you. And then our Father, some of us perhaps have strayed, and we need to be called back unto you. Oh, Spirit of the living God, move among us this morning. Father, these things we ask in your precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. As, as we worship this morning, I hope we can focus on Jesus. That's the uh, intent of our worship. One of the beautiful songs that we use often for an invitation, Jesus Paid It All. A lot of times we sing invitations and we just know them so well, we sing the words over and over and maybe don't pay attention to the word. But this song talks about the amazing love of Jesus. Uh, listen and worship with us as a choir sings, Jesus Paid It All.
These are the days of Elijah. We're going to sing that hymn this morning. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of his
sing that again. I hope you believe this song. Let's sing it one more time. We are standing on holy ground, and I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus. for the opportunity to come into your house this morning. Father, we thank you for that awesome privilege. Father, this morning we thank you for the finished work of the cross. And through that work we have freedom and liberty. Father, we thank you for your, your precious son, Jesus Christ, who reigns in glory, heaven's prince. Father, we recognize this morning that all good and perfect gifts come from your hand. And Father, as we give back today, I pray that you'll bless these gifts and these tithes, these offerings, that they may further your kingdom here at Broadway and in our city, our state, our nation, and the entire world. Father, we love you today. We ask you'll bless this time, this holy hour. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
I was waiting to receive my point from David Dell there, make sure I didn't have an order of service, so uh, <laughs> when it's my turn, he lets me know. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. <clears throat> While you turn there, I want to uh, reiterate something Zach announced that's very important. Twice a year, our church does something we, we used to call it the Discover, no, not Discover, it's what we call the Get Acquainted Luncheon. Now we renamed it. Now it's the Discover Broadway Luncheon, exact same thing. If you, we do it twice a year, we do it in the fall and the spring. And all new folks, even if this is your very first Sunday, you've ever walked in this building before, this is for you. Now, right when this service is over, 12 o'clock, so that means they are looking to watching. We have 49 minutes. So in 49 minutes at 12 o'clock, you'll go downstairs to the fellowship hall, which is right below us. And we have a lunch from you. It ends at 1 o'clock. If it's not done at 1, just get up and walk out. It's a free meal. It's a great way for you to learn about our church, uh, meet the staff. It's a great way to uh, get acquainted with other folks and get connected. Um, uh, it's kind of the front door into Broadway with that. So I want to invite everybody to, to, to come to that, even if you, did, or if, if you uh, came and you didn't even know about it. It's for you, so that, that's also going on. <clears throat> Next Sunday, I will be at a wedding in Fayette, Alabama. Fayette, Alabama is about 30 minutes north of Tuscaloosa, the promised land. So my nephew is getting married, so I will not be here. Always when I'm gone, I always invite preachers who are better than me. Adam Greenway, um, Adam Greenway, he used to be, the, he's now the dean at the Billy Graham School of Evangelism and Missions and Church Growth up the road at Southern Seminary in Louisville. He'll be here uh, next Sunday. Adam's a fantastic gospel preacher. You know, we, were, we, went, we went to Sanford together there in Birmingham, and we sat next to each other 20 years ago in class, so you never know how your paths end up with that. But also, Adam has a connection in Lexington, and he used to be the interim pastor over at Porter, uh, for a good while. And then there was a church on the other side of the city he was the pastor of. can't remember the name, but he was the pastor there for quite a while. I think Porter planted it. So Adam has a connection here to um, Lexington, and it's going to be a blessing to hear him. We're going to call this Harvest Sunday. So you want to be here next Sunday, invite a friend. It's going to be a fantastic week. That's on October 7th. Um, with the, I'll be here for the evening service uh, next week. I'll be, I'll be coming back. But um, I did. That's uh, next week. Uh, certainly exciting um, to have Adam. And it worked out perfectly because I had first invited him, but he was booked. And then he messaged me back saying, you know, it's going to work out. Uh, something fell through. So he's gonna, uh, he'll be here tomorrow or tomorrow, next Sunday, for our um, 1045 service. So that. Open your Bibles, the book of Ephesians. This is a message here on spiritual warfare. This is, I think, of all the scriptures in the Bible about spiritual warfare, this is the passage you need to know. I want to tell you why I preach that. I meet too many people that, for whatever reason, they've been attacked. They've been hit. They're on the sidelines. And it's sad. These are people who at one point were serving in their church, they were active, devout, sitting in the pew with their Bible in their lap, reading the Word daily, and now they're wounded warriors. And it's tragic to see how the devil has gotten a hold of some folks. I have a couple of slides. Before we read this, I want to show a couple of things up here on the screen. 
Um, in the New Testament, there's really two major doctrines taught. All sermons from the New Testament are going to fall into one or two categories. And the first one here is what we call an evangelistic sermon or a gospel sermon. It's justification, and probably Adam next Sunday will be preaching that. It's justification through faith in Christ Jesus. That's how to be saved. That means someone is when the preacher or the teacher is telling you how a lost man can come to know Jesus. How you can trust and pray and make him the Lord of your life. So that's the, that is a gospel message, and we see that over and over again preached throughout the New Testament. So then you say, well, what about a saved person? What if I got saved many years ago? Well, then that's the next category. And then this, this is what today's message would be. How the saved all live. You might be here, and you've been a believer for a long time. You've heard every sermon in the, in the planet. You've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And you are a believer in the message today, and so many messages for saved folks, for the redeemed, for the sanctifiers. Here's how you ought to live. Because if you don't follow God's command and standard with the Lord, you will find yourself wounded, and you'll be off and bitter on the sidelines, and you'll be out of service for the Lord. You don't lose your salvation. You never lose your salvation. But what you do is instead of being a vibrant, active Christian for the Lord, you're stuck. You're, you're angry and mad and heartbreak. Whatever it is, sin is overtaking your life for bad or one or two bad decisions. The next thing you know, here you are. And that's what we're about to see here this morning. I've got some scripture here on the board I want to show before we uh, read this here. Look at what the Bible says about spiritual warfare. I think when we hear about spiritual warfare... It's hard for us to understand this because we don't walk down the street and see God, like visibly. Yes, we see His creation, I know. But what Jesus isn't standing in front of us saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. And we don't see the devil literally standing there and saying, you need to sin. So we, we struggle with understanding sometimes, okay, is this from the Lord? Is this, is this what God wants me to do? Is this, uh, is the devil causing, what's going on? So in 2 Corinthians, Paul actually writes here, he's talking about spiritual warfare, about why we have to guard ourselves. He says, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan. The devil wants to take advantage of you. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Satan will attack. He's going to attack us. Listen, a lost man... Someone who doesn't know Jesus, the devil already has him. He's, he's spiritually dead. But someone who's saved, if you are a born-again believer, if you have Jesus in your heart, you're part of the redeemed, he's coming after you because he, what he wants to do is he wants to sideline you and take advantage of you to make you an ineffective believer. Somebody that has lost their passion and desire for the Lord. Through sin, through uh, poor decision, whatever it would be, you got hit by the devil and you didn't see it coming. And that's what Paul's warning. Look at this next verse up here. 2 Peter 5 8. It says, Be sober minded and alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone or anyone he can devour. Right there. 
The devil is looking for someone he can attack. And what you, we have to be careful is, we have to say, could it be me? Have I been attacked? Have I found myself attacked by the, a, a roaring lion and I, and I was blinded to it? And what this means is, is maybe some point in your life you were living for the Lord and you were doing the right thing, you were on the right track, and then circumstances or poor decisions, next thing you know, you're not. And you've become a bitter, angry person over it. Maybe it might be you used to attend church all the time. And it's, it's, you're lucky you're here this Sunday. We should be honored with your presence because you made it. And, and that's become your attitude. That's a sinful, sorry attitude. If God should be happy that you came to church. God, look at me. I'm here. I even stayed up and watched TV late last night. Watched sports on TV. I still came to church, Lord. In good weather. And, and what happened is that is not how you used to think at all. You're not alert. Look at the next verse here. 1 John 3 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came for the purpose to stop and to end the works of the devil. He came when he died on this cross and he rose again. His purpose and passion was to end Satan's reign and to end his grip. So knowing all these scriptures here, we're about to read Ephesians chapter 6. Now Paul's this is a prison epistle. Paul's sitting in jail writing this, sitting in prison. And he's going to warn us, if we're not careful, we could be the next victim. And we have to guard our souls saying, Lord, I don't want to be attacked. And what we're really going to get into is we're really going to get into how he gives us... Um, the armor, literally, the armor of God to tell us how to prepare ourselves for battle. Satan's aim is for no one to be saved. No one needs to be saved, according to the devil. He does this by drawing us away from the real battle of the salvation for the lost. If you get hung up and trapped in conversations about sports and politics all the time, you have fallen victim to the devil. Because that's, he would love to sideline a born-again believer who should be talking about the Lord and how people need to get saved, how great God is, and start talking about football and the Republican Party or what's going on in the Supreme Court. And you've been sidelined. He's drawn your attention away from the Lord to something else. This is how he attacks. He attacks through the sin of distraction. It's not that necessarily you're doing anything bad. You're not cheating on your wife. You just aren't talking about Jesus anymore. You're distracted and caught up in other things. And this is how he attacks us. I want you to follow along here in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Three times in this passage, we are going to see, church, over and over again, 
Paul is warning us, you need to stand against the devil. Why does he say stand? Because some of you have been knocked down. The devil has gotten you. You at one point were standing for the Lord, and now and today, you're on the ground. We are surrounded by people who are laying on the ground all around us. So that's his warning here. He's saying you need to, you're going to stand here against the devil. Verse, four, verse 12, here's our real battle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, look at this, take up the full army of God, armor of God. And that's two times he's told us the full armor. I want to tell you why he talks about that word full armor. It's because some of us, I want you to know, if you are here this morning and you're thinking, you know, I just don't get anything out of church. And you're giving God an hour and 15 minutes a week. And that's it. If this is your spiritual awakening for the entire week, the last week in September, if this is it, on this Sabbath day, and you're thinking, God, I'm not seeing you happen. Well, an hour and 15 minutes is not the full armor of God. If you came to Sunday school, what's that? Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. And you're wondering, God, why, why am I not seeing great victory in my life? Because you, you might not have the full armor of God on. He's telling us here, you, your entire body needs to be suited for battle because you're going to be attacked. And what I mean by attacked, here's what I mean. He says, you're going to go to work on Monday and people are going to crack inappropriate sinful jokes. You're going to go home on Tuesday and your husband's not going to be happy with you. And he's going to be thinking of some other woman. You're going to go... The kids are going to go to school on Wednesday and they're going to be dabbling in marijuana. You're going to come home from work on Thursday and you're going to be tempted to start drinking. I mean, just literally every day it's something. It says, God, what's today? And you're not going to be thinking about the Lord. You're going to be thinking about Friday. You're going to try to pay your bills. You're going to have no money. And you look at your week and you say, God, this is, man... It's something all, if it's not work, it's my marriage, it's the children, it's the bills. Lord, is this my life? And Jesus is telling us, you need to realize your greatest enemy is actually the devil. He is going to pull you away from the Lord. And he will use any tactic, any scheme, he can do that. Keep going in your Bibles here. We're going to finish it. Verse 3, for this reason... Take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Look at that. Three times we see stand, stand, stand for the Lord. Because if you don't stand, you're, you, you're not going to make it. Verse 14, stand therefore with the truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like the armor of your chest, and your feet saddled with the readiness of the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Do you know who he's shooting those flaming arrows at? You. He's not shooting them at Jesus. Remember, Jesus is already resurrected. The devil is a defeated enemy. And his attitude is, I've already, he's already doomed for hell. 
but he's going to try to take out as many people as possible on his way there. Until Jesus Christ returns, we're going to have flame. And until you go to, until you pass away and be with the Lord, or until Jesus splits the eastern sky and he comes back in, you will have flaming arrows at you all the time, regularly. They're headed straight for you. Every time you log on the computer, every time you go on social media, every time you clock in at work, there's going to be things that's going to cause you to think inappropriate, to say things that aren't godly, and uh, to go home and um, watch things on TV you know are wrong, whatever it would be. Every angle he can attack, he will. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. What's interesting about this, and we're going to get into this. He named it. Six different weapons. Five of them are defensive. One is an offensive weapon. That's the sword. Five weapons. So what he's saying here, your armor is a defensive because you know you're going to get attacked. The devil's going to hit you. And if you aren't prepared for it, if you aren't mentally waking up daily saying, God, today I trust this day to you. I know there's going to be challenges and there's going to be disappointments. But Lord, this is the day that you have made, and I rejoice in it. God, I give it to you. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword is your Bible. Listen, if you don't read your Bible, you don't even have a weapon. If you do not know, if you did not know, this is one of the, I think, the most, probably in the whole book of Ephesians, this is one of the most famous sections. If you had never heard, if you're a believer, and you didn't even know there was such thing as an armor of God here in um, Ephesians chapter 6, you don't know your Bible. These are, these are foundational verses, defensive verses for us as believers. Verse 8, 18, pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request. And stay alert. That's the second time he's talked about staying alert. Stay alert. With all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me. Paul here is asking for prayers while in jail. That the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. The Christian life that we live is a life of conflict. It's a life of battle. There are spiritual forces literally around us that cause us to sin. Now, we take refuge and we take hope in the Lord, but we, we know we are going to get hit. Three times, uh, verses 11, 13, and 14. This is the main point I want us to see. We are told to stand. And I think that's an interesting phrase we see. Stand. Because you will fall. We are surrounded by falling Christians all around us. We have folks all around us. They've been hit. God is teaching us how to be strengthened by Him. He says here in verse 10, the very first verse, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord. Listen, is the Lord your strength? Do you, do you allow the Lord daily to strengthen you? He says, God, I can't make it. I can't get through this appointment. I can't handle this situation without the Lord's help. You know, yesterday I was proud of our teenagers. I went with them, and we went to the Catholic Action Center. 
Catholic Action Center is on Industry Drive. It's off, of, off Winchester Road on the other side of the city. And it's a, a homeless shelter. But nobody uses the word homeless. It's a place for folks who need a place to stay. And, and, and what's neat about it is they serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner three times a day. And a lot of the folks are just working poor folks who, because they have a parking lot, and I was watching them. I, I was there kind of like a driver and um, just stood around and talked to folks. But I, I kind of saw what happened. It was my first time over there. And what happened was a lot of folks pulled up in their car and they served breakfast every morning at 9 o'clock. And a lot of the folks didn't stay. They don't always spend the night. They just pull up and they eat. And like I met two people. They were, one was going to work at 11 and one had to eat and run. I mean, they're just struggling here in Lexington. That's a blessing, that ministry. They're able to come. There are no questions asked. You just walk in. They give you a free meal. And they have seconds and thirds. They just serve all the food, all donation-based. They just serve all the food till they run out. And... I was talking to the guy, you know, um, when you're at that type of ministry, the, the law of the land is kind of what you, uh, kind of rules. You know, the rules are like, there's no bringing a weapon, no fighting, and no, um, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, no, no drugs. So, but other than that, you're just, you know, it's just an interesting crowd you're there with. And the guy who, um, who kind of runs the kitchen, I was talking to him there, and he told me something, he says, because um, everybody else was serving, and we were, he, once he, he got everything going, he was talking to me. And I was talking to him, and he, I don't remember his name, I think it was Mo. Mo told me um, he used to be a resident here. He used to come here, and he was being fed. And he said, Daniel, I, I mean, I lived here. This is where I ate. I mean, it kept me alive at this place. And through the grace of God, I got on staff making the right decisions because he, I made the, he told me he made the wrong decisions to end up in the situation he was. And by making the right decision, he viewed his job as a great blessing to be able to feed. He said during the winter months, they feed over 200 uh, people. I mean, it's packed during the winter. Now, all sorts of folks come and eat when it's cold outside. And the word he used, a blessing... It was a blessing for Mo to run the kitchen at a homeless shelter. Because he knew he was once a resident of the homeless shelter. Now he worked at the homeless shelter. He got a paycheck from the homeless shelter. And I thought about that. And he admitted, he said, you know, I was here because I made bad decisions. He didn't tell me what they were, but he said he made some he did some things that got him homeless. And he was on the street. Now, we have to remember, let's put that story in the context of this. I don't think most of us, just because you make a poor, sinful decision, doesn't mean you end up at the homeless shelter. But what it does mean, if you make sinful, wrong decisions, it takes you out. You're at one point living for the Lord, passionate about Jesus, and then whatever happened, next thing you know, you're on the sideline. And that's where Mo was at. He was on the sidelines. And literally, by making the right decisions and trusting the Lord, he shared that, God opened this opportunity for him. And some of us, we might not be living in a homeless shelter, but you are in the same predicament Mo is. You're on the sidelines. 
Meaning you are not in God's plan and purpose in your life. You are not being used by the Lord. You have been hit by the devil. And it's completely your fault. It's, you don't, there's no point blaming anybody else. No one else feels sorry for you. Have you ever heard the saying, you can't complain, you shouldn't complain about anything because nobody, nobody's going to feel sorry for me. You just say, this is where I'm at, God, and I'm moving forward here. Verse 12 tells us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, this darkness, against evil. Your battles against the devil. Church, we have a demonic forces that want to destroy your family. They want to destroy this church. They want you to lose your witness. They want you to have a drinking problem. They want your children to go to Lafayette High School and be addicted to drugs. They want your, your college students to go to UK and get, get addicted to alcohol. And next thing you know, drop out of college. And just waste your family's money and the resources and your dreams go down the toilet. And what we are surrounded by folks like this. That's Mo's story. It's your hit. You're, you didn't see it coming. The devil is a roaring lion who's going to take you out. Who has a desire to ruin you. Satan's battle plan. Listen to this. His battle plan is to catch you unaware and unarmed. You don't have your sword. What's one offensive weapon? That's your sword of the Spirit. That's the Bible. The Word of God. If you're not holding it, you're going to get hit. You're just going to get hit and beat and beat. And eventually, it wears down. Only the sword can fight back the devil. Do you know, remember Jesus, he was hit by the devil. Right after he fasted, the devil came after him in Matthew chapter 4. And it says, every single time, Jesus quoted Scripture to the devil. How did he overcome temptation? How did he overcome sin? He quoted God's Word. He knew his Bible. The devil always fails when he meets a believer addressed for the occasion. The occasion is the full armor of God. Your responsibility as a parent and a grandparent, listen, it's to prepare your children for war. You're going to send them out to wherever they go and they're going to get attacked. We have, we are on, literally have to view this. I know I never served in the military. Maybe, I know a lot of us did, but obviously our country's not really at war. I guess we're at the war on terror, but it's a, it's a mindset, a daily mindset, a Christian battle we're fighting against. And that's against the devil. He is going to try to pull people apart from the Lord and to separate them from Jesus. I'm not going to say a person's name, but this week I was talking to somebody. And he told me, and this is a repeated conversation we all have. This gentleman, fine gentleman, told me that he didn't go to church because church was filled with hypocrites. The people have been hurt him the most are Christians, and they have let him down more than any other, any other people group are people who claim to be Christians. And he has no use for that. He's just going to stay at home and do his own thing. And he believes the Bible. He believes the Lord. But he's just going to do his own thing at home. Now, I want you all to know, say, that sounds like an odd person. 
That's a standard person today. You will, find, you will meet that man anywhere around here, that woman. That's the at-home Christian who will not be in God's house to hear God's words preached and taught because someone else offended him, supposedly, or disappointed him. And he's wounded. Hurt people hurt others. And I, I talked to this man and said, I can't believe you would allow that flimsy excuse the disappointment and sin of so-called so Christians. We don't know if these folks are saved that offended you. If you allow them to affect your own spiritual life, do you allow the disappointments of others, even people in church, even in your Sunday school class, to impact your own spiritual life? Do you judge the, the standard that Jesus has given us, how He, he is their standard, do you allow other people's letdowns to impact you? When instead of looking at Jesus, we're looking at them. Guys, I think it's all around us. That is how we're hit. That is how a lost world is, 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 um, is affected. Now look here at the armor of God. Look at what, let's uh, pull your Bibles back out. Look at verse 14. Here's what they are. This is what we put on. It's important. The Bible actually tells us, you're sitting here and say, Daniel, you're right. I, I don't want to get attacked. I don't want to lose what I have. I don't want to find myself a victim like so many other people. Because I want to tell you, it can happen to you. It's happened to people since I've already been here. People who were once serving the Lord and now they're out of commission. So you say, well, what do I do? Well, here's your answer. Verses 14 through 17 tells us about this armor. Now, obviously, when we go to battle, we don't, put, we, we don't wear this type of armor today. But the biblical principle is the same. It's five defensive, five defensive pieces in one offensive position. And we literally, the Bible says we have to put on or we take it up. Meaning, it's something you dress yourself daily. And it's something, if you only put two or three on, you will get hit. Your family will get hit. Verse 14, the belt of truth. What is truth? That's a question for today. What is truth? It's God's Word. If you are not rooted in God's Word, once, once this goes out the window, once you say, you know, there might be mistakes in the Bible, I don't know if I can fully trust this book. I don't know if everything Jesus said is completely true. Once you start going down that road, it's over. Anything goes. Anything goes. There's multiple paths to heaven at that point. You can believe whatever you want to. And the first piece of armor God is telling you and I this morning is you have to be grounded in what truth is. Truth is God's Word. You have to decide that today. That is how you have to be rooted in some form of truth. Everything else might be relative and subjective, but God's Word is not. God's Word is true. Prophecy comes true. If Jesus says He's coming again. Guess what? Jesus is coming again. Jesus says He's the only way to heaven. That means there's only way to heaven is through Christ. We're rooted in truth. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 14, Jesus Christ expects you to live a righteous life. We are called to sanctification. That means God is here to make you holy. You do not live like a lost heathen lives. Christ saved you for a greater purpose. If Jesus can live a holy life, we're holy because He is holy. 
We live according to God's word and do what it says because he did that. He found no sin, therefore he expects us to live a life with no sin. We're called to righteousness. Number three, sandals of readiness in verse 15. That means we need to be ready. There's times, my, my favorite story in the Bible is in, well not my favorite, but one of my most favorite stories in all scripture about how to get away from sin was Joseph in Genesis 37. Remember with Potiphar's wife? We've talked about this before. Great Bible story. Everybody dealing with temptation needs to know this. Joseph was moving his way on up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife was a good-looking lady. She grabbed him and said, let's go to bed together. Joseph didn't say, you know, ma'am, let's talk about it. You sure do look attractive, but now's just not the time. I don't, wanna, um, you know, don't want to... Uh, uh, do, do anything like this. He didn't sit there and talk to the woman at all. There's times to run. That man left his jacket, he threw his clothes off, and he bolted out of the door. There are times in your life, and the Bible, that's why it says sandals of race, that you just need to go. Said, I don't need to be here. This isn't a good situation. I don't need to be around this person right now because I know where this conversation, I know where this is going. Joseph ran. He didn't talk. There's times the only way to get away from sin, Broadway, is to run. Say, I'm going out the door. I don't need to be here. That's what it means, sandals of rays. I'm going to go. I've got to be ready to run and get away. Not only that, there's a shield of faith. You should be grounded in what you believe. This is the extinguishing arrows are coming towards you. And if you do not have a rock-solid faith in Jesus Christ, that means not a fake faith, a grounded faith in Jesus. That means you're saved. I'm a saved, born-again believer. So when I'm attacked, I have a shield that the Lord has given me to prevent this. Number five, you have a helmet of salvation. That means you are aware of the knowledge that you're a believer. I am saved. Do you know what that means when you're saved? That means your Father is actually God. You are a child of God. He is who you work for. He's who you answer for. He's who you live to please. I know my roots, and it's the Lord. When you, when you have these priorities, when this is your truth, when you live a holy life, when you're ready, you acknowledge there's times I have to run and get out of this conversation. I don't need to be friends with this person. I don't need to answer that email. When you have a shield of faith, when you know you're, you're rock solid in your belief and you have this salvation, the knowledge, you are, you are in a defensive position so that when he attacks, when the devil attacks you, you're ready. And the last one here, this is the interesting one, that's the offensive weapon, it is the sword of the Spirit, which the Bible says in verse 17 is the Word of God. If you don't know your Bible, if you, don't, if, you do not, if you are not in this book daily, you are not going to be able to fight back the devil. One of the ways he attacks us is to separate us from our Bibles. If you spend more time on Facebook than in your Bible, if you're spending more time on, 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 on Instagram or the computer, if, if this is your life, if you're finding yourself more time away from the Lord, you're not going to have your sword. 
In verse 18, it's interesting, there's a shift here after this. After the full armor of God, Paul completely shifts the conversation into something different. And in verse 18, look at this. We've talked about the armor. We've talked about how to be ready for the attack. We've talked about how to be uh, rooted in your sword. But then he says here in verse 18, pray at all times in the Spirit. That's a prayer life of a, of a, not just a daily prayer life, an all-the-time prayer life. Prayer is talking to God. God expects us to have a relationship with Him so that we are constantly praying for that. When you meet someone, you pray for them. Maybe not out loud, you're praying for them silently. God, help me encourage them. Help me invite them to church. Help me uh, be a blessing to their life. You're working that, and prayer should be something that's all the time in your life. With what type of prayer? Every type of prayer request in verse 18. And he says to stay alert. There we see it again. We have to stay alert. Because if we aren't alert, we will get hit by the devil. Jesus gives us a discerning spirit to know what's going to happen. We should be on active duty all the time as believers. There is not a part-time Christian. There is not a retired Christian. We are active duty praying for opportunities. Prayer to us here, it's giving us a weapon. You don't need to turn there, but in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, pray without ceasing. Pray continually, the Bible says. That's constantly talking to God. God delights in the prayers of His people. If you don't have a prayer life, if you don't talk to God, do you know Someone who doesn't pray doesn't know the Lord. We are saved through praying and asking Christ to save us. God, save me. Lord, renew me. Give me a new heart. Make me a new man. That's through a prayer. We remember, in closing, we're going to see here, what, tying all this together, God wants us to please Him. He is the object we're aiming for. That is our goal in life. But I want to plead with you. Have you been attacked? Have you been hit? Have you found yourself knocked down? Have you been like Mo at CAC? At one point, you were a resident there at the shelter. But God lifted you out of that pit. And now He has you serving others there at the homeless mission. But he never forgot where he once was. Listen, you are either down there, you've been a hit, or you're serving. You're either a resident or you're a worker. A resident, somebody who's living at the homeless shelter, who's been taken out through poor decisions. Jesus is telling us, I want you to please me. And if you don't have the full armor of God on Broadway, you, you, it's a, he, he's a roaring lion. We, this week, I promise, you will meet somebody that tells you if, you, if you, if you tell other people about Jesus, it won't take long, but you'll tell somebody, you know, I'm not going to church because of the hypocrites. I'm not going to church because all he wants money. I'm not doing this. And they just fill in like there is every and any reason not to go to church and not to be in the Bible and not to have God first in your life. Somebody can come up with that reason. Our job, is to say, if you're passionate about the Lord, sir, 
You want to do everything to please Him. Not please other people. Not try to look good. Your job is to please the Lord. And if you think and live that way, listen Broadway, it completely changes your outlook. Your daily waking up says, I'm going to put on this armor. I'm going to have a sword that's ready to fight. Our prayer, I'm about to lead us in prayer. I want you to say, God, I'm ready for battle. I have been hit too many times. I have not been wearing this armor. I have not been rooted in Your Word. Lord, from this day on, I'm going to please You. What's pleasing to God? For His people to put the full armor of God on. You need to be Men, you need to be purifying your minds. Women, if you're going on Facebook looking at old boyfriends and reminiscing, what if? If you're talking to people through text, or through Instagram, and it's an inappropriate conversation, inappropriate, sinful pictures are being sent and looked at. That's wrong. That's, you, the armor's down. You're getting hit. You don't realize it. The devil is going to lead you down that road. And I promise it doesn't end pretty. You will end up a broken man with a broken family, with children that don't understand what mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa, what happened? That is the road the devil leads us down. With, if you do not have the armor on, you will go down. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I pray for the folks this morning. Lord, I pray our commitment. Lord, this is serious business. Lord, we're getting hit by on all sides. Front, back, top, bottom. Lord, if we do not have this armor on, Lord, we're going down. There's too many inactive and ineffective Christians. Lord, I pray that You strengthen us. I pray, God, that You help us realize daily the battle that is occurring. Jesus, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here that has never put on, as the Bible called, the helmet of salvation, Lord, they will cry out to You and get saved. Say, Lord, save me. Save me, Jesus. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here that has their shield down and the flaming arrows are coming, God will pick it up and say, Lord, I need this thing. I need this shield because I'm getting hit. And I know where it's going to lead me. I know where it's, my family's going to go. I know where my finances and the road ends on this. And the drinking. And the, and the sin on the computer. Lord, we take up our shield. Lord, we come to you ready for battle. God, I pray this invitation. Whatever you've placed in our heart, we make public. Lord, you call us to publicly do, to publicly make known what you're privately doing in our hearts. Lord, we give you this invitation. I pray that we take up the full armor of God this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We close every single service, as always, with our invitation. David Dale is going to lead us in song. As always, I'll be standing out front waiting for you to smile. Let's stand together and sing our invitation. Have you been to the cross where the Lord Jesus suffered? Have you been to Calvary? Have you been to the place 
of redemption for sinners have you been to Calvary. It was there on Calvary, God's dear Son laid up His life for you. While there's time, don't delay, place your faith in Christ Jesus, turn your eyes now to Calvary. You can search, you can buy, and try everything man may, but it cannot satisfy. It is Christ. Only Christ, who gives life more abundant, and he calls from Calvary. It was there on Calvary. God's dear Son laid out his life. Place your faith in Christ Jesus. Turn your eyes now to Calvary. While the Spirit's clear voice can be heard softly pleading, give your life to Jesus now. Trusting faith is a way to have life everlasting, and he calls from Calvary. It was there on Calvary, God's dear Son laid out his life. Time, don't delay. Place your faith in Christ Jesus. Turn your eyes now to Calvary. Thank you. I want to remind everybody uh, if you're here, we have lunch right afterwards if you're new, so this is for you. So make sure you attend our uh, Discover Broadway luncheon next Sunday. I want you to make sure your church, Adam Greenway, will be here. It's going to be a great harvest Sunday be a great blessing to hear him. So I know you'll really enjoy that. A great, wonderful opportunity to invite some friends and, uh, and, uh, hear, and hear what God's certainly doing through Adam. So I'm going to ask David if he'll have our closing song. We're going to sing the chorus of uh, Days of Elijah. Let's sing it together. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds shining like the sun at the trumpet call so lift your voice it's a year of jubilee and out of zion's hill salvation come